Thank you for joining me for another episode of Spiritual Prism, where we discuss everyday issues through the prism of God's Word. I've titled today's discussion, Turn the Other Cheek, because I'm sure most of us have heard this term or even used it ourselves at some point, and if you haven't heard it, well, I guess you're hearing it for the first time, and you'll learn where it comes from. So let me start with that. It comes from a Bible verse, of course. It is located in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 39. But I want to include some verses around it as well. So I'm going to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. Jesus is speaking here, and it says, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. So you may have noticed another saying you may have heard people use, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But in most cases, it is used in the wrong context. Unfortunately, most of the time, people use it to justify their feelings of revenge. But as we can clearly see, it is quite the opposite. It doesn't justify revenge or retaliation. It is saying, forgive the person, do not repay evil with evil. Then we come to our topic verse. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. Then we move on to the courtroom, where it is telling us to give more than we are being sued for. Next, we move on to a soldier. Now, we don't necessarily have soldiers demanding things of us, but we may have a boss, a co-worker, a stranger, or someone requesting something of us. Again, we are told not just to do what they request, but do more. And finally, Jesus says, Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Driving home the point that whether a person has wronged you or not, you are to give. Give forgiveness. Give something they need. And of course, give mercy to those that have wronged you. Now, I'm sure your mind is saying, I don't know about all this turn the other cheek when someone has wronged me, or give more to someone who sued me. And I know it's not easy, but that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Now, I'll be the first to admit, this is not the easiest concept to grasp or follow through with. Believe me, I struggle with this on a weekly basis. Not that I am being sued or someone has literally slapped me, but I get verbally assaulted multiple times a week at my job, which I'm sure some of you do as well. If not at your job, it could be from someone you don't even know or even a loved one. Whatever the case may be, it's not the easiest thing to turn the other cheek when you are being attacked and it's hard to forgive them, much less pray for them. Nevertheless, this is what we are called to do, because this is what Jesus tells us to do. And he set the example for us to follow. I know for me personally, I may think that I'm going through some attacks and struggles, that I may or may not necessarily do the right thing and turn the other cheek, because we're all human, and this isn't an easy concept once again. And because we're all human, there's only one place we can look, to Jesus. So let me give you some examples of what Jesus went through when he turned the other cheek. As always, I'm going to get them straight out of the Bible. And the first verse is going to be in Matthew chapter 26, verses 46 through 52. And it says, Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. 
You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out a sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. So here we see that Jesus was betrayed by one of his friends and disciples. And he says to the betrayer, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Jesus knew this was coming and still turned the other cheek. I don't know what I would have done if that was me, but somehow I know I wouldn't have called him friend at the very least. Next, I'm going to read Matthew 26, verses 59 through 68, and it says, Inside, the leading priest and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, they could not use any testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, You have said it, and in the future you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Blasphemy! Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fists, and some slapped him, jeering prophecy to us, you Messiah, who hit you that time? Now Jesus has been falsely accused, but the false testimony couldn't be used. Then Jesus tells them who he is, and they convict him as guilty, and want him sentenced to death. And as if that wasn't enough, they start to spit in his face, slap, beat him, and belittle him. Jesus doesn't even try to retaliate. He doesn't even say a word. If it was me, I probably would have had some choice words to say. But not Jesus. He loves us all, and that includes those men as well. So he sat there stoically and turned the other cheek. Now I wish I could say it ended there, but it doesn't. We read in Matthew 27 that Jesus has been given a chance to be set free, and Pilate finds no guilt in him, and the people can choose one prisoner to be set free. Pilate gives the people a choice between a notorious prisoner named Barabbas or Jesus. But again, the mob cheers for Jesus' crucifixion. Pilate even asks the crowd, what crime has he committed? But their hearts were hard and they would not listen to what Pilate was saying. And they continued to cheer for Jesus' crucifixion. As we pick up in Matthew 27, verses 26 through 31, it says, So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip and turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, grabbed the stick, and struck him on the head with it, when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. 
It's not bad enough or punishment enough that Jesus was sentenced to be crucified. He was beaten with a lead-tipped whip, mocked, spit on again, beaten over the head, and taunted until they were tired of it. And this was all before they led him off to be nailed to a cross to die. I heard every time I read this account. It is so sad on so many levels. No one should have been treated this way, and definitely not an innocent man, much less the Son of God. What a horrific ordeal Jesus went through. I can't even begin to imagine the pain he felt, and not just from the physical torture, but also because it was the very people he loved and came for that were beating him. I just can't imagine how this broke Jesus' heart. It breaks mine just reading about it. And for the last verse, I want to finish with the account in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 33 and 34, and it says, When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. After all that, after all they put Jesus through, they nail him to the cross, and Jesus turns the other cheek and prays to the Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Whether you're a believer or not, the man Jesus Christ walked this earth, suffered through these events, and turned the other cheek. And he did it all with love and compassion for the ones that were doing it. There is really nothing else I can say here except thank you, Jesus, for going through all of that for me and all of mankind so that we could have a chance of salvation, freedom from our sins, and a true relationship with God the Father. Thank you for loving me more than I can love myself and knowing me so well that you even know how many hairs are on my head. Thank you for listening to another episode of Spiritual Prism, and until next time, I pray you will really contemplate what Jesus went through to offer salvation to the world and use his example to help you through the next time you face a turn-the-other-cheek moment.